Have you guys heard of Rakuten? It's where you can shop all your favorite stores online and make money. Yeah, you can make money. I have made thousands of dollars. Granted, I've been on it for a while, but if you're someone who's an online shopper, you need to sign up right now. And you can use my invite link. That's Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N dot com slash R slash Divina 141. Rakuten.com slash R slash Divina 141. Happy shopping and make some money. Hey guys, welcome back to Divine Healing by D. Today I have on Dr. Terry Bader. She is a groundbreaking thinker and expert in the field of consciousness, personal growth, and the underlying forces that shape our world. She's the author of the recently published book, Flip Your Switch, A User's Guide to a Whole New Mind. With this book, it's a guide to understand ourselves and the world around us. I'm excited to talk to her and we'll get into tapping into love consciousness, aligning with our evolutionary drive and breaking free from the constructs that keep us stuck in war consciousness. So we're going to talk about creating higher consciousness, aligning with individual thinking and purpose, unlocking inner leadership and influence and building positive outcomes through the right mindset. It's more than just a book. It's a manual for personal growth and planetary healing. It's providing actionable steps that help us seek and take full ownership of our lives. And here she is. Hope you enjoy it. So what inspired you to write Flip Your Switch? Oh, um... Wow, that's a really big question, actually. A couple of things happened. Uh, First, I got really sick because I was making the mistake that most of us make in a war-conscious mindset of chasing things and um, trying to grasp financial security at all costs. And it cost me my health. And so then I went through a deep, dark night of the soul And then I realized my strengths were all about spirit and that I was on the wrong path. And that's when I started to strengthen my leadership coaching and um, understanding that that's where I needed to go from a spiritual perspective. Mm -hmm. And then I started to boil down into a book, all the things that I wish somebody had told me about how life really works, mm-hmm. what is uh, fundamentally the mind, how, you know, and I studied for years to figure it out. And um, I've been, I worked on the book for about 10 years. And oh, I've wow. Studying, yeah. And I've been studying these, this phenomenon for over 30 years. Whoa, whoa, 10 years. That's amazing. And you mentioned war consciousness. Can you get into war consciousness and love consciousness and the concepts and how they shape us and how we just see everything and live our life? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, there are so many methods and methodologies out there and dharmas, which are absolutely fantastic. But mm-hmm. I'm, as an all-faith minister, 
I studied them all, but I, I'm like, wow, this is like really confusing. Like, okay, so I can put in 20 years worth of study here and the unconscious mind and all of that. But what about, you know, like everybody's working and running and, and, and so right. what's going on? And so I boiled it down into two, two fundamental states of being, which I was able to label war consciousness and love consciousness. So first off, let's just go for like, what is consciousness? Right. Um, you're here talking to me and I'm here talking to you. We are both conscious. We are aware. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we stay at that level of thinking, which is just very straightforward. And then war consciousness is somehow where, well, you and I are different. Somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to lose. I'm right. You're wrong. Or maybe I'm right. You're, you know, somebody's right. Somebody's wrong. Uh, Somebody's got to have one up on somebody. And um, we need to, and, and so it's that left brain centered thinking where, I have to capture, contain, and control somebody or something or the situation. So what's in it for me? And right. that's that duality consciousness, like if we look at Claire Graves or something, you know. And that's basically according to pretty much every spiritual tradition I've ever studied. Um, that's a lie. Yeah. And by putting our sense of self into our left brain, we divide ourselves from one another and within ourselves. It causes division, you know, like mm. cognitive dissonance um, yes. that keeps us uh, doubting or not liking ourselves or whatever it is. So that's war consciousness, and it's a state of mind. It's a perception and an attitude. And then love consciousness is at the other spec. It's it's the other part, the other way of being, which is being in our right mind and being aware in a more open-minded way that we're all connected, that nobody's really right and nobody's really wrong. There's pol- there's polarity and there's mm-hmm. complementarity, but everything is unique and at the same time united. And the sum of all minds is one mind in the universe and that we are all connected. We've just had a pandemic that really shows right. something, you know? Yeah. And love consciousness is that attitude and perception of life where um, I, I see the world with compassion and I care. I want to comprehend. I don't want to beat anything or anybody down. I want to comprehend. I, I'm seeking understanding. I'm not trying to be right. Or um, I want to grow. Uh, I want to learn. Um, it's that openness. And there's also what comes with it, an inner joy and a sense of peace, where it's just okay to be okay. It's not right. It's not wrong. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily that good or that bad. Right. It's just okay. I see. And how does understanding these systems like help us lead to uh, getting away from these different, um, how do you say, like programmings and make us more like independent and confident? Well, 
war consciousness will override you and mm-hmm. run you. And I know that people can connect with this because I battle it every day and I don't know anybody. I have never met one person that is exempt from this. I know. <laughs> totally not. I mean, it's inner conflict, outer conflict, yeah. you know, just have a sibling or something. And then there you yeah. go. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. It's not difficult to identify war consciousness ha- taking us over or how it uses the emotions to take us over. It's an actual thing. You know, it's an actual energy in the universe. Absolutely. So if we can let go of it, if we can, like, not play into it, we can create space for love consciousness. Now, this is the really ironic part is that love consciousness is like the undercurrent of all things in the universe that is supporting us, keeping us alive, keeping us breathing, keeping mm-hmm. our minds working. Like it's the actual life force. And right. it's, it's unity. It's, it's, it's not separated. And so if we, if we can just back off from some of the war conscious constructs that we're believing in and let go of those, we open up a new space for the love consciousness to fall in and it, it will happen. It's, it's almost unavoidable. And, and that's what the book flip your switch is about mm-hmm. is about that journey that I take my leadership um, coaching clients through uh, to that place where we now in, in more psychological terms, we say like you let go of the petty self, which is basically mm-hmm. in your consciousness and you move through a process into a place of uh, love consciousness and you connect to love consciousness through your higher self. And, and, and that's what we have to do. And it's, a, it's like when I say it like that, oh, yeah, that sounds easy, right? Well, it's a whole journey. It's a lot of work and it demands practice. I see. So what are some like easy, practical ways people can start right after listening to this episode? Like what can we do to break free from them? Um, That's a great question. There are, and and the answer is really actually very hopeful because there's hundreds of things that you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, I highly recommend buying the book, obviously. Um, You know, because the book does lay out and, it lays out a lot. The first part of the book is reorganizing how you mm-hmm. think about it. We have a lot of misconceptions okay. about the world that have to be debunked because mm-hmm. they're holding you stuck. And the, so the first thing you have to understand is what you think about comes about. Yep. So understanding that. And finding a, a way to practice that. Um, another thing, and this I offer up in the first part of the book, is a get a new model for understanding how your mind works. You know, the Freudian ego system mm-hmm. was, a, was a clinical system that included the id, the ego, and the superconsciousness. Well, we don't talk, we only talk about the ego and it's a misrepresentation of what it is. And all we do is we talk about the ego and then we just dump bad behaviors in there and say, ah, 
he has such a big ego. But right. mm, that's just a form of dumping and blaming. You know, we have to maybe back off from somebody who has bad behavior, sure. But we also have to look at ourselves. And we have to do the work. Right. The only way we can really save our own selves, our own family, mm-hmm. the planet, the business that is so messed up, um, is to do the work. Yep. You know, I'm really out to crowdsource the, the love consciousness. So thoughts are things, you know, what you think about will come about. That you have to debunk. You also have to debunk what I call the happiness formula lie. That mm-hmm. is the idea that if I just get this thing and then that thing and then the other thing and the right car and the right address and yes. get my kids into the right school, then I'll be happy. You know, that's what happiness will be, that there's some kind of formula that we can add up a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. or things or experiences that will equal happiness. Mm-mm. Happiness is a state of being. It's founded in joy and gratitude. And these are things that we create from the inside out, even when things around us go wrong. That's good. Oh, that's really important to know because I just I deal with everybody daily talking about that. Like, you know, if I just got this job, if I just secured this client, everything would line up. And I tell them, and I'm like, are you sure? Just imagine you have that already. Are you still happy? Like, do you still want more? Right, and they just stop and think, and they're like, oh. And your question that you just said, do you do you want more? So the mm-hmm. happiness formula lie also is very entangled with what I call the sickness of more. Okay. So the sickness of more is a real pandemic mm-hmm. of mind. So we have a social psychological construct that it's never enough and I need more. And that is a fundamental lie. It is a construct that we use in psychological marketing in business. It's literally called in business schools, psychological marketing. And I won't go into what I think about that. (laughs) It's a whole other episode, huh? (laughs) Yeah, a whole other episode because I have an MBA and I, I work in business environments. You know? Right. <laughs> of course. So I, at what point is this okay to do this to people? We right. Manufacturing consent and manufacturing desire. At what point is it okay to do this to people? Mm. You know, and I started out in social engineering 30 years ago. So, you know, I'm like, I understand these mechanisms very well. Now I've flipped right. it and I use it to help people. But, you know, there's a lot of power behind these things that we have to be very careful about what we're doing to each other, just like we should start thinking about what we're doing to the planet. But anyway, um, I got a little bit off track. (laughs) You're good. Just talking about how um, also in regards to business, which I wanted to ask about that after, but uh, power of more. Yes. Well, the the desire for more, the constant desire, desire for more, um, and it's it's a it's a mental group mind construct, mm-hmm. and it's making us sick. 
Yep. On many levels, you know, look at the obesity in our country. And I mean, I have the same problem. You know, I grew up in uh, rural Iowa. A steak is at least 12 ounces, you know. Whoa. Yeah. That's how I grew up. That's a lot. Like, that's a big, you know, I'm now, now the dietician's telling me it's two to four ounces. Like, what? That's like, so you're telling me that that was for like a family of four? Yeah. So, you know, um, so all over we're looking for more and we have, we're cultivating dissatisfaction. This is a very war conscious function. And so these are things that we have to debunk in order to make space for a deeper satisfaction that comes from being in love consciousness. Mm. And I mean, it's ironic because that we have to do the work that, that is frictional to get out of war consciousness into love consciousness. Yeah. I mean, we have to, but how can um, organizations and businesses apply these principles for positive impact? Mm -hmm. Well, I work with leaders, a lot of small, medium enterprise CEOs, um, because any culture that is highly war conscious is going to have terrible turnover. I mean, they're going to turn over their their employees all the time. They're going to have revenue problems because um, the energy that will permeate everything that's happening will be predominantly war consciousness, which is fundamentally destructive and it just becomes a tug of war of who's getting what um, and people are fundamentally unhappy and nobody wants to be there uh, so in business if, if they can figure out especially for leaders how to model the model of a love conscious leader that the angst and the anxiety that people feel at work drops away because they feel like they're going to their second home. You know, it's just a different, yeah. it's a different family. And I, I even like hate to use that word because it's, it's maybe it's more of a community. That's maybe a better word um, where people are trying and people have psychological safety because it's, allowed and cultivated um uh people are have space to contribute they are learning you'd be surprised how much in war conscious cultures in business we don't want people to learn and grow because they'll just take their new talents and go someplace else right so that fear that it's like coming from that your place that a lot of companies don't encourage people to grow. So those companies that are brave enough to have a growth culture for their people, um, you know, I mean, you can see it. It's, it's hard to quantify in regular Excel sheet kind of ways, but it's very real. Absolutely. 
And when it comes to a vision for humanity, what are you what are you picturing for us? What do you hope happens? Oh, that's a fabulous question. <laughs> oh my. Um well, my mission and calling for my life has been to figure this out, which I spent 30 years trying to figure out, like what, like what the heck is going on? And I figured out it's war consciousness. And mm-hmm. that's why we can't, that's why we know that we're destroying the planet. Right. We're not doing anything about it. We don't have the will to do it because we're not willing to step out of war consciousness. What's in it for me? Oh my God, I'm scared. You know, that place. And step right. into love consciousness where, oh, I'm okay. What can we do? How do we come together to comprehend the problem and and do something about it? And how can I play a role in this? And so my vision is like, if we can crowdsource love consciousness, like enough, get enough people thinking and on these lines and working on themselves and their, then their families, their communities. It's kind of like a grassroots kind of thing. Um, we'll have better solutions. And see, the reason we're not having the will to address big issues, and I'm just using, you know, climate and, you know, dumping trash in rivers kind of as a basic problem to think to look at but like no problem no problem can be solved at the Uh level of consciousness that it was created so we have to get out of the war consciousness that created the problem step into a love consciousness to solve the problem and that comes with for every problem is the same whether it's how do I lose 20 pounds or how do I sleep better at night or how do we get companies to stop dumping uh, trash or, or toxins in, into rivers or, or, you know, doing all of these horrible things that they do? How do we get diversity and inclusion into companies as a norm? Yep. What are we doing? You know, like, how do we do that? We have to shift. And that means we have to work. We have to do work on ourselves. That's how it happens. It's not like, oh, well, what's the answer? Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Nope. So could you share? Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I wanted to say, could you share some, like, examples of people who worked with you that had worked on themselves and had that immediate shift, like some examples of them? Oh, there are so <laughs> many. Um, it's People that stay with me usually stay for a whole transformational process. Um, so it lasts up to 18 months to two years, kind of. That's the minimum shift. Uh, at about one hour every 15 days of consultation. Plus now there's the book, and that helps a lot. Um, so let's see, what is there? So I had one, so I work with a lot of startups because I obviously I'm attracted to social entrepreneurs who have the will to try something but mm-hmm. are up against the war-conscious business environment. 
So I'm there to support them for that. And um, so I had one young lady who, smart, MIT, Harvard, um, oh my God, like the brain power in her little unit, uh, you know, startup. And, but then they got to a point, you know, they really were like stressed for revenue. Like they needed to grab some big clients. And so shifting her out of a place of fear and as she's going into these um, predominantly white male, which she was, she's not, um, environments, she was able to come at it from a love conscious point of view where she knew it was her journey. So she could plug into that instead of the fear of, oh, my God, what are they going to say? How are they going to see me? You know, which are all real, but they're right. not the main, the main thing. And understanding, taking it as her growth process and being like, I'm going to accept the friction um, and I'm going to go through this and I'm going to be on track. And I'm, she, she doubled her revenue like in a couple of months. Oh, wow. So she, so those are the kinds of seemingly unexpected wins that happen. And the reason this happens is because metaphysically, when you align with love consciousness and you're doing the work, well, synchronicity will kick in right. if you allow it. So yeah. who you're being uh, as a love conscious human will... Uh-huh bring results in surprising ways that are not that left brain. I have to do it like this and I have to do this many things and I have to do these cold calls and then I have to do this. There's ways of stepping around that. Not that you might not have to do those things, but getting through them with that different mindset brings different results. Go ahead. So, so we could say when it comes to like, I don't chase, I attract if we'd have to make it simple for people mm-hmm. to understand, that's really what it is. I don't chase, I attract. Absolutely. Now, we have to be careful with that, too, because we can't just mm-hmm. own something into existence by sitting there. Right. Of course. We have to do some things. But, yes, so here's the, here's what I like to say about the law of attraction, and, and mm-hmm. which pertains to the war-conscious, love-conscious um understanding okay so the universe does not respond to what you want the universe responds to who you are being yeah so if you're being a person in love consciousness then you're going to synchronicity through synchronicity attract solutions now you also have to be open to the idea that they might not look the way you thought they would when you first started to think about them they might look different but they're there Hmm. okay that is good stuff. So in regards to like your physical brain and a conscious mind with what you just explained to us, um, 
do we have to, I guess, use more, like connect more to our bodies to embody this, or do we have to be more logical? Like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm like asking this the right way, but do you think being more in tune with our bodies helps us embody these things? Yes. 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 So there's a chapter in the book called make your body a great place to live. Ooh, um, I like that. Obviously if, if, if you're not taking care of your body, mm-hmm. um, then your body can't do good things for you. Right. We do live in a physical world. Which is why I said, you know, you can't just own things into existence. You actually do have to do some things. But here's here's the deal. You need to have your higher self leading the charge. And that's the where the love consciousness comes in. And that's the third part of the book where you where you dig into the to the high the higher self. And then your left brain logistics mind is what has to do some stuff. But the logistics mind should not be leading. It's the mind, it's the part of us that effectuates the commands coming from the higher self. If if we ha- if we're thinking in a calculating, manipulating, left brain uh-huh. sort of way, we fall into the love we fall out of the love consciousness into the war consciousness of the world. And then we're just spinning around. We have mind chatter. We can't get anywhere. Right. We're in the weeds. And that's when the anger comes and the frustration. So if you're feeling all these things, these are all red flags that you're in more consciousness. So there are ways to get into it through the body. Now, some people are not that body centric. We all have different, you know, different compositions so some people have to go through the mind and then drop down into the body some people can drop into the body directly and 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 so it's a you know that's a that's part of it but that's not enough of it i see very good okay well what's next for you Another book? Well, um, I have a platform now going called Love Conscious Human. Mm -hmm. I'm doing um, classes. These are all me, live. So I'm doing uh, a class right now called Cultivating Joy. And that's understanding the state of being in joy, which is not an emotion and it's not getting what you want. It's a state of being that you can create and curate from the inside out which is, some again, it's one of these things we have to debunk. Even mm. if, you Google, if you Google joy, it'll say getting what you want. No. Um, and then I'm doing Fierce Female Finding Voice. That's another group I'm running. Um, and I'm also going to be doing a monthly uh, group Q&A around the book. So anybody who's reading the book can become a member. And they can come to the monthly meetings and ask questions, and I will explain anything and everything I can about what they might be experiencing through their journey in accordance with the book. 
because um, obviously I can't, I can only coach so many people. Right. So this is how I'm trying to go and touch more people and propagate love consciousness, you know, in a war conscious world. That's Amazing. what I'm doing there. I'm still coaching. If anybody's mm-hmm. interested, I'm at whitelilycoaching.com. What what else is next? I do want to write another book. It's a little soon, mm-hmm. but I've already started the so the next book is Healing the Broken Business Model. And that's deeper into the um more conscious economics that are destroying people and planet mm-hmm. and how we can flip it. Awesome. That sounds yeah. like fun. I like that. Great. So where else can people find you besides that website? Are you on Instagram? Tell everyone else where they can find you. I am on Instagram. Um, Dr. Terry Badar one on Instagram. I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn. Dr. Great. Terry Badar on LinkedIn. Um, what else? Um, I do do a little bit of Facebook and Twitter. Um, my Twitter is um, uh, at, uh, I can't even remember that. Anyway, um, I think that, I think Insta and LinkedIn are the best. Are the best. You can find okay. me at, yeah, loveconscioushuman.com and whitelilycoaching.com are yeah, the best, I think. Okay. And then you can always, you know, contact me through the website. There's an email <laughs> link there. Um, wow. Great. Thank you so much for coming on. I really love this Oh, my talk. God. Thank you. Thank you, Davina, for such awesome questions. Aw, thank you. I'll be in touch with you. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Take care. Thank Take you. Take care. Bye. Sure. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder. If you like what you're listening to, if you like my content, if you like my podcast episodes, I'd really appreciate ratings on Apple, reviews, subscribe, share to your friends, family, anyone you really think would benefit it. And thank you always for the support.